Hello and welcome to Being Boss, episode number 74. This episode is brought to you by FreshBooks Cloud Accounting. Being boss in work and life is being in it. It's being who we are, doing the work, breaking some rules, and even though we each have to do it on our own, being boss is knowing we're in it together. Today, I am really excited to be talking to my friend and fellow creative, adorable Australian, currently living in Bali, Ezzy Spencer, who is the creator of the Lunar Abundance Salon, a really awesome community of women who want to use the cycles of the moon to help bring abundance into their life with goal setting. Um, and today, we're going to be talking about... Ezzy and her journey from lawyer to online community creator and nurturer and um, and dive into what Lunar Abundance is. FreshBooks Cloud Accounting is built for small business owners. Millions of service-based creative entrepreneurs are using FreshBooks to bill for their time and their expertise. But you guys, a lot of our listeners are still working day jobs and are just now getting their side hustle off the ground, and it is never too early to try FreshBooks. It allows you to get organized with your income and expenses. You will save time billing, you'll get paid faster, and you will be able to grow your business. FreshBooks is built to support the needs of growing businesses. On average, FreshBooks customers double their revenue in the first 24 months. This is so incredible, and I think it just goes to show that the amount of attention that you put on making money is going to pay off for sure. So check out FreshBooks. You can try it for free by going to freshbooks.com slash being boss and enter being boss in the how did you hear about us section. All right, back to our show. Hi, Ezzy. How are you doing? Hello. I'm so good. I'm so happy to be here. Good. I, I'm stoked to talk to you. Um, Ezzy and I met hysterically weirdly online a couple of months ago um i remember i was like just trolling instagram as one does late in the evening sometimes and i found i found your lunar abundance salon you are you share really awesome graphics like graphic designer deserves sincere high fives for me um sharing really awesome um, Instagram posts about like the phases of the moon and how to set intentions and sort of flow with the with the cycles of the moon to sort of bring abundance into your life and I totally fell in love followed you on Instagram and then like two weeks later you email me and you're like hey I love being boss I think what you guys are all what, what you guys are doing are awesome let's connect and I was like shut up <laughs> like I had already found you you completely disconnected, found me, and we ended up meeting up on Skype, and it's kind of been a little bit of a love affair, I feel like, ever since. (laughs) (laughs) A total love affair. I squealed when you emailed back and said, I'm just looking at your Instagram right now. Yeah. It was completely crazy for me. Yeah, I got the email. Whenever I got your email, I felt like, I don't know, the moon had sent me something beautiful. Um, And try not to get too woo-woo here, guys. We got this. Well, but but you know what? I actually (laughs) want to jump in on that point because, and Ezzy, we'll let you talk in a second. This is our show. (laughs) I 
just kidding. But one of the things I've been signing up for your emails ever since Emily has been raving about you. And one of the things that I really feel from you is that while there is this woo-woo element to the moon, there's also a very real practical side to it. And you are, well, you come across as a very grounded person. So just to set the tone, there's a little woo, but there's a lot of grounding. I could be wrong. Maybe maybe we'll finish (laughs) this interview and like you're totally headed in the clouds. But that's the impression I get. And I wonder if some of that comes from your background. You used to be a lawyer, right? I did used to be a lawyer. I trained as a lawyer and I worked in the law. So yeah, I have my feet on the ground. You know, I look up and I get the inspiration from the sky, but I work with the moon as a mirror. So I feel like one of the um, beautiful ways that we can connect with the moon cycle is to see what's happening in the sky and just have it really illuminate and reflect back to us here on earth and here inside our bodies, like what's going on inside of us. So it's um, a bit sort of based on that idea of as above so below um with us being here below on earth and earth being a really great place to be so yeah I love that so I want to hear a little bit more before we dive into lunar abundance about your journey going from a day job or working as a lawyer to doing your own thing we have so many bosses listening who are dying to get out of their day jobs they have a side project that they're super passionate about. So I would love to hear how you turn this into a full-time gig. Totally. I love talking about this because it really was something which started by accident in a way and then evolved really slowly over time. And I think there's a lot in that for people who have got that sense of there being something else, um, you know, something beyond that day-to-day life. And, you know, I had this job where I worked really, really hard. Like it was a pretty good job. You know, I liked it. It was a good cause. I did social justice and law reform kind of work. So, you know, it had meaning and purpose, but the law is a very heady intellectual place as is many you know corporate jobs you know we're very stuck in our heads we're disconnected with our bodies with our hearts with our creativity um and so you know I didn't feel like I really fit in and I didn't want to settle for that and so I would go home at night and journal and to try to make sense of myself and to make sense of how I was feeling because I knew something wasn't quite right but I didn't know exactly what the next thing would look like. Um, I didn't have a business at that stage um, but I would journal and I would try to make sense of these feelings, you know, the world, like my place in the world and at some point I don't know really um, you know, why I started doing this, because the moon definitely wasn't trendy um, at this point, you know, nearly 10 years ago, but I started to put into my journal where the moon was in the sky. So I'd look up at night and see what phase the moon was in. And um, when I'm talking about a phase, like we all know the full moon phase, um, but there are a bunch of other phases as well. And I journal where the moon was in the sky and um, really see, you know, correlate that with how I was feeling. And, um, and, and I did notice those patterns and rhythms started to emerge over time because the moon cycle only lasts for about a month. So it's a really observable cycle. It's a trackable cycle. Um, and it was a way for me to start to come back to my feelings and to feel what was it that I really wanted in my life? 
And I started to get more intentional about what kind of life I wanted to create for myself. And so I left the job that I was working in when I was about 28 and I started a, um, a PhD at that stage. So I still hadn't really found um, my calling, um, but the PhD that I, well, the research that I was doing was on women's well-being and specifically women's well-being after sexual violence um, and, and women seeking justice after sexual violence. And that can be a, a, a pretty re-traumatizing experience and well-being isn't heart and center of the, um, you know, of the legal mindset. And I became more and more interested in well-being through the research. And that period of research also opened up this space in my life, in my calendar, literally, because I had more flow, I had more time to think and to feel. And I started to, um, to, to talk to people and share what I was doing, you know, with my own lunar tracking, which was, you know, fascinating to me. And other people find, found it really fascinating as well. So this was just a, an absolute passion at this point. Like there was no money involved. It was only when I, um, a turning point, I guess, for, 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 for that was in the middle of 2011, July 2011, I went to... Berlin in Germany and I was right outside of my normal um, normal kind of you know frame of reference and environment I was there for a mental health world conference but I was also and the conference was great and I went to the conference during the day but then at night I went down to this meditation studio which was down the road from where I was staying in Kreuzberg in Berlin and I would share with these Berliners people who didn't know me at all you know more about the moon and I was you know sort of I'm quite intuitive and become increasingly intuitive since working with the moon cycle and could make it specific to their personal situations and they would just look at me and say well this is like this is your job you know this is what you do in Australia this is what you do for work and I would just look at them and go like what <laughs> you know this isn't a job <laughs> like how could this be a job I don't know anyone who would do this you know for for work like how could this be but that gave me the confidence to to start to think about this being a job and so when I came back to Australia I started to do sessions and I started to um, you know package up what I knew and sort of do those hourly um, sessions and people would come over to my to my lounge room and you know pay me 50 bucks or whatever for the hour and it was probably more because we'd have tea and we'd chat and it was a very very slow burn because I that was the the, the genesis for the business and I built up a, a word of mouth like intuitive coaching business in that way um, but it just, it took a lot of time for it to happen. And I still, you know, I completed my PhD. I was still working in the law and doing domestic violence policy research um, and weaving in and out of that for a long time whilst I continued to build up the business, like on, from a side business um, into something which was much bigger. And eventually, you know, I took it online. I started um, a website. I, I started my first online um, moon course in the beginning of 2013. I think I had maybe six people signed up for my very first program, <laughs> you know, which was like super sweet. Um, and, you know, I love those women, you know, those women are still in my life and still in my program, um, which, you know, I, I absolutely cherish, you know, having them there from the beginning because, you know, that was where it all started to grow um, online. And that was, um, you, you know, there were many, there's been a number of iterations of that moon program with the latest iteration, 
I've had around 250 women go through it in the past 18 months, but that came through like, you know, sending uh, regular emails to an email list for years and providing really valuable content and looking at what people um, were getting from my work and how um, I could translate what was in my mind in a way which was really accessible and useful for other people and other people could implement it in a way that made sense for them and their lives. And that's going to be a slow burn if you're going to do that with um, integrity and master your craft whilst you're doing it. So oh, I love that you say that. I'm actually working on one of my courses right now and someone asked me yesterday, we were in the studio recording some audio tracks, how long I've been doing this for. And I was like, wow, I've been like offering a digital product for four years. And I, I love that you say that six people started in yours and that it is a slow burn and that it really is step by step. And so much more goes into creating quote unquote passive income than just putting a product up online and watching the money roll in. Like you have to do so much work around it. Um, so I just... I really appreciate that you included that in part of your story because I think that that's what a lot of creative entrepreneurs here need to hear. Okay, let's get back into the moon a little bit. <laughs> um, can you t explain to us a little bit about what lunar abundance is? What does that mean? Mm. So it's, well, it's a personal practice. So I made it up for myself <laughs> and I made it up because I needed a way, like I said before, I needed a way to not only make sense of myself, I guess, but also to navigate the world in a way where I was able to take care of myself. And one of the things which I didn't learn um, until like, you know, I feel like pretty late in the piece is the self-care piece and taking care of myself and looking after myself and not pushing all the time, not going at, you know, a hundred miles an hour and not having to, to hustle in order to get things done. And so the lunar practice is, you know, it's based on the phases of the moon, the eight phases of the moon, um, from starting at the new moon phase, which is the dark moon phase, going up to the full moon phase, which we all know all about, um, and back down to the new moon phase. And with each one of those eight moon phases, I classify them as a, a yin phase or a yang phase. And so each one of those phases lasts for three or four days apiece. And the, the yang phases are the time for action. And for someone like me who's a recovering overachiever, you know, to have like a, a period of where there's like concerted action and also smart action and discerning action, like time to get things done is really key. And then, you know, the other half of the week, the other three or four days, it always depends. The moon has an elliptical orbit. So all of these moon phases change a little in terms of, um, of time, which I just, I love. I just love how it's, um, it's, it's, it's a little bit, you know, wild like that. Um, but the yin phases will be the time to, to come back and to restore. So it's an invitation to just, you know, maybe like, not push yourself to like work that extra couple of hours, for instance, and, you know, or um, not push yourself to go out um, to that event, um, you know, social or otherwise that night when actually what you really want to do and what your body is craving is for you to spend a night like at home resting, um, not necessarily like curled up and watching TV, um, although that can be, you know, 
fun and, and restorative as well, you know, but actually just taking time out and listening to your heart and listening to your own um, internal wisdom and, and what it is that is right for you in that, in that time, which can involve t- turning things off altogether, like any distractions. So, um, so the yin and the yang faces are a really beautiful part of the practice. And the intention setting is another key aspect of the practice because basically, you know, we want to, um, you know, we have this opportunity for ourselves to create a better life, you know, for ourselves and for our families and for people around us. And a lot of the time that comes back to being very intentional in how we're living and intentional in terms of what it is that we'd like to invite into our life, what we'd like to receive in our life, you know, whether that be, you know, romance or prosperity or whatever it is that we're craving more comfort um, that we're that we're feeling that we don't have in our life but we'd like to create in our lives. And it's also an opportunity to cultivate some of the, you know, the the deeper qualities like, you know, self-love and compassion and kindness. Um, which can be done in a really beautiful, intentional way. Um, yeah. <laughs> I love that. One of the things that I've, one of the things that I did not um, do for myself while I was starting my business, because it was just sort of like buckle down and hustle it out, um, but is one of the things that I've grown to follow as I've as I've grown in my business and matured as a person um, but also as I've coached my own clients sort of been able to see the patterns um, of creating from the outside is that idea of like the ebb and flow of work and rest and how you have to you have to give your your mind and your body time to sort of like reset and mull over your intentions and sort of like I don't know, mentally sort of plan ahead and, but like in a really restful state before you can sit down and get the work done. And then it's stepping back again and sort of resetting, thinking over what you've done, thinking over what you want to do, and then going at it again. I found that going into that flow of work and rest has, um, one has like super helped a lot of my clients in, in, you know, creating online businesses, but two has really helped myself gain a grasp on, um, on really the growth that can happen whenever you, whenever you do focus your intentions and get work done. Um, and I, whenever, whenever I was introduced to your lunar abundance awesomeness, um, that was one of the things that, um, that you you sort of, I guess, showed me in a way where it was completely gratifying to how I was beginning to think for myself in terms of how this needs to be done. Um, and I think I think that's a really powerful piece that is far too often completely put aside for a lot of a lot of hustlers, a lot of people who are out there like making it do. Um, you have to you have to work with the ebbs and flows of work and rest, or you're just going to be working and wearing yourself out. But it's so hard. <laughs> it it's is so it is, hard. It is such a practice. Like, and I don't have it down by any <laughs> means. By any means. Um, but it is something that it is something that I find myself like mindfully going after in terms of like I know I just worked like two 40 hour weeks I'm going to like 
take a moment to cut it down to 30, 25 if possible, and like still getting work done, but making the time for the rest and the restoration so that I can pick it up and go again. Um, Because like really hustling it out isn't sustainable forever. Like I could do it a lot easier when I was 21 than I can now. (laughs) And so, yeah, it's, it's a practice. It's super hard. Can I share how I've reframed this in my mind a little bit as like a total workaholic hustler? (laughs) Go for it. Okay, so I've actually started paying attention to the moon a little bit, probably within the last year. I started to feel like there is a connection. And what does it mean? Even if it does mean just tracking time, and we'll get into that with Ezzy, like does the moon really affect what we're doing and what we're up to and how we're thinking? But what I did notice is that while the moon is waxing, so while it's going from new moon to full moon, and this could be based off of nothing. I feel almost embarrassed sharing this in front of the moon expert. (laughs) But while the moon is going from new moon to full moon, I am definitely in creation mode and I can create and hustle. I've got so many content ideas. This is a good time to like really be tracking or keeping bucket lists of ideas going. And then whenever the moon is going from full moon to, to new moon, so a waning moon, that really is a time where I kind of give my per- myself permission to rest. But as a workaholic hustler, what I find myself doing is hustling out what I want to get rid of. So I almost treat it as like the anti-hustle <laughs> where I'm making it a game to strip out anything that is unnecessary in my work, in my life, all of the above. So, Ezzy, I'm curious to hear your thoughts on that. Do I have it all wrong? <laughs> You know what is perfect is, and and this is the ultimate message of of the Lunar Abundance practice, which is tune in to yourself and your rhythms and your cycles and pay attention to how it is that you work in an optimal way and over time, for sure. So I feel like, um, you know, for me, I I like to work with um, the, the yin and the yang phases tend to come in pairs. So the new moon is a yang phase and it starts off, so the lunar cycle starts off as a yang phase so that meaning more of an action-oriented forward motion phase and I find that you know I my own ebb and flow is around like moving forward like leaning in for three or four days and then pulling back for three or four days and then leaning in for three or four days and pulling back for three or four days I find that if I go hard for two weeks like then I tend to be quite depleted um, mm-hmm. for the next that two sounds, weeks. That sounds about right. <laughs> <laughs> but what you said about like stripping everything out that's not necessary, like in the anti-hustle mode, that would be a way I feel to live the yang phases all the time. So stripping out what is not necessary for us to do, you know, and particularly, you know, if you've got those workaholic tendencies, which I so resonate with you, you know, this is why I created this practice and why I love working with the moon so much is because the moon is the natural timekeeper. You know, it's not me that's deciding like, okay, right, you know, that's enough because if if it was up to me to decide when, you know, it was enough and I could down tools or just, you know, take it a little more easy, like I would just keep working, you know. And so I love the fact that there is this natural timepiece that gives me permission, um, which is not related to me, um, which allows me to just take the foot off the gas and to restore so that I can create space for the magic in my life. 
And, um, you know, we all hear the stories of you have like, you know, the million dollar idea comes when you're in the shower or when you are on the bus or when you're not actually actively trying to think about something um, or trying to, you know, nut out a problem. But perhaps you've sort of set the wheels in motion. You've planted the seed. You've set an intention. You've allowed your subconscious to percolate and then boom like up pops the answer or the brilliant idea for the next novel you know or the incredible design or the next you know product um notion is going to uh, you know just pop up when we oh allow ourselves to be um to to be in these quieter times and so why not create space for these times of restoration and you know these very fertile creative times on an ongoing basis Hi bosses. In this episode, we're diving deep into the ebbs and flows of creating. And though it may sound like the stuff of dreams, it could certainly be part of your reality. You just need the tools to help make it work. For me, I feel the most in control of my life and work when my calendar is under wraps. I personally set some hard boundaries around what I allow onto my calendar and when. For example, I do not take meetings on Thursdays. I also don't schedule anything before 10 a.m., Boundaries like these help keep me the priority of my life and work so that I am able to put my attention where it needs to be. If you're struggling with getting into the flow of how you work best, I encourage you to start with your calendar. Show it who's boss. And if you want to take it to the next level using the time-saving glory of automation, I recommend checking out Acuity Scheduling to help you stay true to the boundaries you set so that you can be the most boss you can be. Schedule clients without sacrificing your soul. Sign up for a free 60-day trial of Scheduling Sanity at acuityscheduling.com slash beingboss. Now, let's get back at it. I love the idea of keeping track of the moon. I kind of dabble in astrology. I'm reading an astrology book, but there's so much to it. It goes so deep and so far that I feel like the moon is a great way to look into the sky and see what's happening with just one element and not with all of the planets and all of the houses and all of that stuff. So I wonder if you could speak to that a little bit. Mm, Absolutely. Well, I feel like keeping it simple is actually the key for it to be a profound practice. Because if you're going to dabble on the surface of a whole lot of ideas, which sound really interesting, then you're going to stay, you know, it might be interesting and that's like, good you know we like interesting but you're going to stay on the surface for quite a long time whereas I feel like what is so powerful about going deep into you know one element and one which is like so observable and so trackable because like we can just go outside at night and look up and see the moon um so there is that connection there um, like a, a visual connection, but then if we work with what the moon represents or what the moon represents to me, which is a, it's our feeling world, it's our emotional world, it's our subconscious, and that's such a rich terrain for exploration. And there's so much that you can do um, with your you know with yourself once you start to go on that journey within to start to feel what you're feeling and to start to investigate like what exactly is driving you like with 
each you know each new moon I, I recommend setting an intention and sometimes not only does the way the intention unfold surprise at you but even the intention that you come to set at that new moon phase can be quite surprising as you feel into what it is that you know deep deep down like what does your heart actually want and what might that look like for you and what might that feel like in your body like what might the physical sensations of that feel like for you and there's so much power in that okay I love this can you kind of break it down for me like I'm a five-year-old as to how this works like how do you set your intentions at the new moon are you going outside and meditating on the moon and then coming in and lighting candles and writing it down like describe to me your creative process of setting these intentions and then um and then like how does it unfold and when do you I guess my question is when do you expect to see the results of the seeds or intentions that you planted Mm, such a good question so I love the process of setting an intention and that will look different for me every month like sometimes the new moon is going to like fall at three o'clock in the morning and I'll tell you like I worship at the temple of sleep and if I can be asleep (laughs) at 3 a.m I probably will be (laughs) so the point is not to get really rigid um you know this is a practice to help you cultivate flow and 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 so you know you you don't have to do it on the buzzer but as close to the time of the new moon as possible or just after the new moon can be really powerful and you can't actually see the new moon because it's dark so um, at the time of the of the new moon um, the the there's you can't the sun's light is blocked and so you can't actually um, see the moon unless you're out somewhere with no light pollution whatsoever then you can see a little disc um, in the sky if you know where to look but it is a process and this is what I love about the new moon is that it's not so much at the new moon about looking outwards it's much more about going within and it can be those dark times which can be well that's very you know that's the mystery that's the uncertainty that's what we try to get away from a lot of the time we don't want the darkness we don't want the shadow we don't want to what's unknown but the invitation is is to is to come within and feel and use whatever you know works for you I love to engage the senses so candles yes you know alchemical oils yes you know flowers yes like anything that is going to engage the senses like anything that's beautiful to touch anything that will bring you into your body and I do a meditation at the new moon and I feel into what it is that I want to cultivate in my life in that at that particular time that often involves me reflecting on what's come to pass in the previous moon cycle because you know there's always another moon cycle it just rolls on it's the essence of abundance there's always going to be another one Um, so reflecting on where I've been is an important part of the process when I'm thinking and tuning into where I am and and where I want to go and what I want to cultivate. And then in terms of the results, when will I see results? That really depends on what the intention actually is. So for instance, if it is something which is 
you know, around allowing myself to, to feel comfort. And that's something which I am feeling into in this particular lunar cycle that we're working with. I've had the previous lunar cycle was much more around courage and being brave. Um, and, you know, this lunar cycle, I'm really allowing myself to feel, you know, more comfort, more, more physical comfort and to allow myself to feel, you know, held on that emotional level. And, you know, that's something which has started to, to play out straight away in my external world. If it's something which you, if you set an intention which is really going to push you out of your um, you know, comfort zone, so to speak, <coughs> excuse me, um, you know, that might be something where you have to reach for it. That may be something which takes a little bit longer and it may be that when you get, you know, throughout the lunar cycle, you come to realize what's actually involved in like being brave. Um, what is that going to look like in your life? How is that going to feel? Like, are you really up for that at the moment? And there may be times in your life where you are and there may be times, you know, where that's going to be a bit of a stretch for you. And that's going to be revealed to you, to you throughout the lunar cycle. So you can always, you know, tune in and course correct. Um, and it's not a failure to change direction it's a way of coming into a deeper relationship with yourself and who you are and the world in which you inhabit. There are a couple of things that really stood out about what you just said. And one is that process of setting intentions. I feel like as creative entrepreneurs, we're sometimes grasping for certainty and we're looking for someone to just tell us what to do. And what I love about the way that you talked about setting intentions is that it can look like whatever you're feeling. So, you know, maybe setting a theme for the intention and then getting physical objects that help represent that theme. There is no right or wrong way to create ritual around this intention setting. And I think that that's really liberating, but also really hard for creative entrepreneurs who just want to know what their boundaries are or what the rules are so that they can do it right. Um, so I love that there's no right or wrong way to do it. <laughs> and then the second thing that really stood out to me, oh gosh, no, I can't remember. I got lost on that initial process. Um, setting intentions, seeing it. Oh, is that whenever you were talking about you know, knowing when it comes to fruition, one of the things that we're always talking about over here is getting very specific about what it looks and feels like to achieve your goal and in the real world. And I feel like this is where we bring in some of that grounded element into a little bit of the woo by saying, what would it look like to feel comfort in the real world? Um, what would it look like to experience bravery or courage in the real world? And whenever you can get specific about what it looks like and maybe engage your senses there, what does it smell like? What does it taste like to feel you know, comfort and, and bravery and courage and whatever intention we're setting. Um, let's say it's abundance and, and money. How much money looks like an abundant amount of money? And at, the more specific you get, the more you can actually see it and recognize it whenever it does come to harvest. So um, that's something that I would add in there. Beautiful. Yeah, I tend to work with goals a little bit separately to the intentions, but I think that they dovetail really nicely. Like when I'm working with the goals, that's when I would get um, 
really specific, say, about like the dollar amount that, you know, I would like to make in my business this month, for instance, um, and what's going to be required in order for, you know, those dollars to come in the door. And then the intention process, um, for me, at least in my practice, would be more around feeling abundant, like feeling that flow of money, like what is that actually going to feel like? And oftentimes when you tune into the feeling, that's when you start to feel um, what's, you know, the resistance and any blocks and things that are holding you back from actually being able to receive that. So of course you need to be out there in the external world and, you know, doing the work, like that's a no brainer, you know, that goes without saying, but then also when we, we tend to, to highlight that or emphasize that a lot of the time, I think in our culture, like the, the external doing, but then coming, drawing back to the internal being and feeling and being able to receive, not just like initiate and do, but be able to like receive what's coming to us can sometimes be incredibly challenging, but the most potent aspect of the process to sync up the internal and the external in that way. I think that also dives in for me, like one of the things that I love most about this process and the, and the fact that you're combining like intention setting with something as like, as physically visible as the moon is that you get these constant reminders of what your intention has been for, you know, whatever moon cycle you're in. So every time you're out in the evening and you look up and you see the moon, because I'm definitely one of those people that like, I'm always saying, oh my God, look at the moon. And everyone's like, okay, Emily, we see it. Um, But for me, every time I look up and see it, it's a reminder that like, I want to feel this way. And it, it, brings that feeling back to me um, in times when I'm not intentionally sitting there like being mindful of my intention, but seeing the moon will remind me that I've set this intention and sort of bring that feeling up for me. And I think that having that like constant, like daily (laughs) visual reminder to get back into that feeling is one of my favorite parts of this process. It's so powerful. I love that it's, I love that it's there, you know, it's just, it's so subtle and you can really, you know, sort of see the moon and go, oh, you know, that's the moon in the sky. But when you do start to work consciously with the moon cycle, then you really see the moon and it does like, it plays that role as mirror. It just, you know, triggers you to come back within and focus on how you're feeling and to return to that intention exactly as you said. Emily, and I feel like one of the things which we become really good at is like the new thing. So like setting the new intention at the new moon, it's like the new, like the new shiny object, like what will it be this (laughs) month? (laughs) Like that can be a really exciting part of the process. But then sitting with your intention every single day, returning to your intention every single day is also an intrinsic part of this practice because what that cultivates is that sense of commitment and discipline and coming back and not just running away where things get a bit icky or hard or maybe there's not immediate movement like practicing patience and trust and um and and to do it with just the support and the illumination of you know this just beautiful orb in the sky it's just so cool okay so Here's my question. I I really want to want to believe in all of this and with all things woo. Like I want to feel that 
crystals actually do carry vibrations and I want to feel that the moon phases really do affect what's going on with me internally and how I present externally. So, but then there's always this little piece of me and and I think that this is where the faith part comes in with whatever you believe in that is not like real or tangible. But I'm curious to hear your thoughts, Ezzy, on like, does the moon really affect us in, in our creativity and in our cycles and in the yin and the yang? I would love to hear your thoughts on that. Like, do you ever feel doubtful? Do you ever question your belief in the moon? Oh, well, here's the thing. I feel like, you know, there are plenty of theories like, you know, the moon, it's a gravitational pull, like the moon affects tides and, you know, we have a significant amount of water in our body. So the moon will Mm -hmm. obviously affect us. But I don't feel like, you know, any of those theories have been proven to a degree which I'm satisfied with, you know, and here's the lawyer in me. Um, (laughs) (laughs) You know, I know that I am seeing results with following this practice. And so I feel like you know that um like effectiveness being a measure of success for me is really important and so the way that I work with the moon in lunar abundance is as a natural timekeeper so I'm not looking at the moon as making us do anything because I think that's actually profoundly disempowering so you know if we're looking at like oh my god like it's the full moon like it's made me crazy you know I don't feel like that's necessarily that helpful um or indeed true um so i feel like you know tuning in and noticing how you are feeling at all of the different moon phases is a way for you to um, come back into connection with yourself and all of your cycles and all of your rhythms and so i found a practice with you know the yin phases and the yang phases which really works for me it's helped me to be able to you know transform my own life um, Um, partly because, you know, I teach this now as a practice because people want to learn from me um, and I love to share it. And the women that I teach it to also see results in their lives. So I'm like, okay, you know, there's something in this which goes beyond me. But I feel like, you know, the deeper essence of the practice is around self-knowledge and it is around, you know, intentional living and it is around getting clear on who we really are and what life we want to create for ourselves. And the moon is here, just, you know, they're always in the sky, like just always, you know, keeping her rhythm, keeping her cycle um, and allowing us to, um, to to connect in with her if we, if we want to. Um, so, so that's definitely part of it. I feel like um, in terms of like having those downtimes, like the yin phases, they are so important um, for me, for creativity and creative flow, because, you know, that's when I do my most creative work in the yin phases. And I'm a, I'm a writer and I love just to do that free form writing and flow. And, you know, the yin phases are not a time for me to like put my feet up on the um, and just, you know, do nothing as great as that would be, you know, I'm still needing to work, but it's an invitation for me to consider how I work. And so, you know, I do, um, I do find that when I get out of the way and stop trying and stop pushing, um, that's when the creative flow just tends to you know, emerge naturally and just flow through me. So that sort of that pulse, um, of the pushing forward and the, Um, and the pulling back you know leaning in and leaning back the restoration and the you know the more 
um, sort of or action oriented, like let's get this done because it has to get done kind of work is a rhythm that just works so beautifully for me in my work, but then also in my life. So you know, um, whether or not it is you know, hooked to um, the, the the actual moon phases or whether the moon just provides that clock in the sky, I don't really know. But what I do know is that it works. I love that. <laughs> it's, all, it's all you need to know. I, um, whenever I was a kid, my grandmother worked as a nurse at a nursing home and I remember – every now and then she would she would have to go to work on a full moon and she always talked about really dreading those evenings because in the way she would put it don't be offended is that the old people would be crazy <laughs> and it would it, that for me was a time in my life whenever I really started like thinking about the moon cycles and um and how I don't know how it could affect you. And I agree with you. Like I'm on the exact same stance in terms of like, you know, is that it is just this disc in the sky, like what, and it's so far away. How could it have any real effect on us? Um, but then same thing. Like I also, I see how it, how it, how it affects my life in terms of if I'm being mindful of its presence. Um, and one, if I'm being mindful of its presence, then I am looking at the sky. I'm taking a moment to live in the moment um, and to be present where I am, <clears throat> when I am, um, to notice like the natural world or like outer world <laughs> around us. Um, and I think, I think more so than thinking in terms of like, does this have a, have a direct effect on me? Um, in terms of, is it like pulling me and my emotions in any direction more so than that? It is about like being very mindful of where you are in this moment and what it is that you want to be feeling. I think that, um, I think, any of us could take this as a woo as we want it to go, but there is some sincere practicality with it in terms of using it as a clock or a calendar to set intentions to like get 13 cycles of more awesome in your year than you would <laughs> if you weren't paying attention to it at all. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I feel like I, I'm so, um, I'm so eager to see more research in this area because I know there has been research that shows that yes, in um, all that anecdotal uh, reports of anyone working in the justice sector or in the health sector or, you know, working with kids will say, uh-huh, you know, the full moon is the time when there's going to be a real uptick in activity and there is some research which shows that yes, indeed, that is the case. Um, and similarly with sleep, there's research to show that actually humans sleep less on a full moon as well. So, you know, that's definitely a, a documented effect. And the other really interesting piece in terms of the cycles and the effects, which I should mention, is the menstrual cycle. And there were, um, you know, debates going on about this, like in Greek philosophy thousands of years ago, like, is there a link, you know, between um, the moon cycle and the menstrual cycle, or is it just a coincidence? Um, but definitely, I think there is a relationship there in the sense that, you know, I'm told time and time again with women who follow the lunar abundance practice and then, or just, you know, just track the moon, just follow the moon, we'll find that if they haven't been bleeding, they may start to bleed again, or as they're 
you know, a, a regular cycles as they start to tune in and indeed like maybe pay some, you know, closer attention to themselves or track the moon, you know, I don't know what it is, but they may start to find that their cycles become more regular, you know, and like, I'm not a doctor and I can't make promises, but I am told this over and over and over again. I can attest to that personally after I had Fox TMI for maybe our dude listener. Well, whatever you guys love us. It's fine. Everyone always knows about my vagina. So <laughs> after I... <laughs> True story. <laughs> or maybe we edit this part out. But after I had my son, Fox, after I had weaned him, I still had not started my cycle probably four or five months after weaning him. And, um, you know, it might be a radical thing to say, but I actually like getting my cycle. I like knowing what's going on in my body. And I feel like that kind of helps me stay attuned to my own rhythms So I started paying attention to the moon and really it was nothing more than paying attention to what phase the moon was in and within 15 days I had started my cycle again after not having it for three years including like or maybe two years of being pregnant and then nursing and then finally weaning. So I've personally experienced it and I know that a lot of women have also wondered like how to get into cycle with the moon. So I think it's interesting that just paying mind to the moon and the phases that it's in will kind of help you align yourself. Absolutely. Tracking the moon can have tremendous effects just even in and of itself. Noticing where the moon is in the sky and journaling about what's going on internally for you, whether that be feelings, emotions, bleeding or, um, you know, any and all of the above. Ezzy, it has been so awesome talking to you. Thank you for spending so much time with us. Um, can you let our listeners know where they can find more about you? Yeah. Oh, it's been such a pleasure. Um, I am at lunarabundance.com is my website and I do have a Lunar Planner, which has all of those dates of the moon phases. There's one for the Northern Hemisphere as well as the Southern Hemisphere, which is free, which you can download from my site. And um, yeah, I'm Lunar Abundance in all of the social places and Instagram's probably my favorite. Thank you for listening to Being Boss. Please be sure to visit our website at beingboss.club where you can find show notes for this episode listen to past episodes, and discover more of our content that will help you be boss in work and life. Did you like this episode? Please share it with a friend and show us some love by leaving a rating and review on iTunes. And if you're looking for a community of bosses to help take your creative business to the next level, be sure to check out our exclusive community at beingboss.club clubhouse, where you get access to our closed and very vibrant Slack group, monthly Q&A calls with Kathleen and myself, a book club, and more. Cultivate your tribe and find your wolf pack at beingboss.club slash clubhouse. Do the work, be boss, and we'll see you next week.